are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I really recently came across a story about a wealthy uh, man who had a son. And um, in his neighborhood that where he lived, it was customary for when a child graduated that they would receive a car. And uh, father and son got together, and they were looking around at different cars and, and this kind of stuff, and the anticipation was growing, and, and the, the boy was getting so excited. And on that day that his graduation day finally came, and the father gave him a gift, and he opened up the gift, and it was a Bible. The son was so mad at that that he threw it down. He says, you were supposed to give me a car. I can't believe you did this. All my friends are getting one. You've embarrassed me. And he left the house. He never saw his father again. His father passed. When he passed, news came that he passed, and he went to the funeral, and as they were cleaning through the stuff, he, he came upon this old Bible, and he blew off the dust for the Bible, and he flipped through it, and inside of the Bible, he saw a check for the exact amount of that car. I thought about this story, and I couldn't help but wonder how many people in this world have done the exact same thing. Literally, we toss aside a wonderful promise that God gave us because they didn't understand it or they didn't believe that it was possible. We can be a suspicious people, can't we? You know, I don't know how many phone calls I've received telling me that I've won trips that I haven't entered into. I find now that I get all these people who are adding me on Facebook, and it's like, I have no idea who they are, and you try to read it and say, like, what's, what's their bent? Why are they trying to, trying to add me? You know what the world tells us? That if you buy this product and buy that product, this is what it promises. You know what? If you do this exercise for only six minutes a day, you will look and feel like Chuck Norris, and who doesn't want to be Chuck Norris? This morning, it's Easter Sunday. This morning I am here to tell you that God never made a promise that is too good to be true. Instead of promises full of emptiness on Easter, he gave us emptiness that is full of promise. Now turn to your neighbor and say, that'll tweet. Go ahead, that'll tweet. See, if you've got your phones right now, you can tweet that right now. Instead of promise full of emptiness on Easter, he gave us emptiness that is full of promise. This morning I want to look at three promises. Each promise is marked by something empty. An empty cross, an empty tomb, and empty burial clothing. It is the very fact that each of these are empty that assures us that God's promises are real because they couldn't hold Jesus. Because he couldn't be contained by the cross, the tomb, or even burial clothing. We can be sure of the fullness of God's promises in our lives. Let's take a look at the empty cross. There's something special about the cross, isn't there? We have them in our churches. We wear them around our necks as a reminder. In Luke 23, we read how a Savior hung on the cross in between two thieves. Can you picture that cross? Ashley made this cross for our Good Friday service, and we're going to keep that up there now as a reminder of who Christ is. But there was a time when that cross was not something that people would wear around their necks. It's not something that people would put up in buildings because it was a symbol of torture. It was a symbol of pain. 
There was a time when that cross, that cross that Jesus laid on, it would have had a blood smear up at the front where they took the thorns and they pushed it into his brow. The sides would have been covered in blood where the, where the, where the spike went through his hands. His back, we know that he was whipped and his back looked like hamburger, and that would have been upon the cross, and then, of course, his feet were also nailed to the cross. It wasn't something that was pretty. There's been an increase lately of Hollywood films that have to do with spirituality. People are looking for something spiritual. People are looking for answers. Some of these videos that we've seen have, have been absolutely excellent and spot on, and other ones have taken Hollywood's liberties. But in saying that, no matter what you hear and no matter what you see in the movies, Jesus died for you and he died for me. It wasn't a fake. He didn't just go and hide somewhere and then all of a sudden came back on the scene. The Romans knew it. The Jews knew it. The disciples knew it. And the world knew it. Jesus died, and that's why I want you to see the cross this morning. It's a place where he died, but today it's empty. Empty of Jesus' body, but full of God's promises, full of hope for you and me. The promise of an empty cross is that you and I stand forgiven because it was on that cross that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. If Jesus didn't go there, we would not have forgiveness we would still be sacrificing animals every single time something happened because of our sins. We are sinful people. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't care who you are or what standing you have. You can be the Pope and still be, need that cross to be able to have access to the throne room of God. My friends, I need it. I need it. And you need it. But the promise of the empty cross is promise of the grace that God has given us, the grace of forgiveness. My friends, he's calling your name. See, the enemy would love us to, to believe that if you only knew the things that I did, you would kick me out of this church so fast. But Jesus wants you to know that that promise that he did on the cross is for you this morning. That you can walk in forgiveness. And that heaviness that we carry can be pushed aside and we can walk in freedom. The Bible says, who the Son has set free is free indeed. And that's a promise for you this morning. So we looked at the empty cross and the promise of forgiveness. Now, looks, now let's look at another empty, the empty tomb. Mark 16 says, it was Saturday night when the Sabbath ended. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salem went and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way to the tomb, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? That is a great question. That stone weighed two tons. That stone was massive, and it was being guarded by, by centurions. What could these three people do? Who's going to be able to move this stone? How are we going to be able to get in and see Jesus? Will the Romans even give us access? They had good reason to be concerned. 
But then suddenly they feel the earth move, frightened. They look at one another, not sure what to do. After a few minutes, the things seem normal, so they continue on their way. And as they approach the burial site, they're still wondering about what had happened. And when they, come out, when they came up upon the tomb, something miraculous had ha- taken place. The soldiers were all unconscious. The stone had been moved, and an angel glowing like light is sitting. And he says in Matthew 28, 5, listen to his words. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was laying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. He's gone on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Jesus had risen. He was alive. The tomb was empty. And what a precious promise that holds. Came across a story in a uh, from preaching today, it's a true story. It's about a boy named Philip. And Philip had some, he was a little kid and he had some differences. And he wasn't accepted by his classmates. He was the odd kid out. And he had some physical problems. See, one day, the teacher came in and gave all the kids a plastic egg. And said, you know what guys, today... It's spring, and spring means new life, and I want you to go out and find something that shows us new life. So all the kids went out, and they took their eggs, and they put things in their eggs, and they came back as a, in a class, and they eagerly anticipated the opening of the eggs. So the first egg was opened, and there was green grass in there. And then the teacher says, wow, green grass, isn't that something? It shows life. And the next one opened up, and there was a bug in there. And it was like, look, there's a bug. Bugs are coming back. It's part, of, it's part of the spring. It's new life. A season has passed, and a new season is here. And then they opened up the third, and it was empty. The kids started to snicker. They said, yeah, someone did it wrong. And all of a sudden, little Philip comes up to the teacher and tugs on her skirt and says, teacher, that was mine, and I didn't do it wrong. I put nothing in there because that represents the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. For some reason, as he shared his heart, it brought acceptance to him. And the kids just sort of embraced him. A few weeks later, Philip died. His funeral at uh, at, uh, eight years old, the teachers in eight of the classes brought their symbol of remembrance and placed it in his coffin. Their usual gift of love to Philip wasn't flowers, but it was an empty egg, now a symbol to them of new life and hope. It was Philip, the different child who would help his friends see the wonderful hope in the message of Easter. Isn't that cool? And the fact of the empty tomb is the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promise to everyone that that we too will be raised to eternal life. To those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, death has lost its sting. It's no longer something to be feared of. What fear is there when we have that promise that one day we will live forever in heaven? See, it's like this. A father and son were traveling down a road, and all of a sudden a bee started to fly around, and the son got very nervous because he was afraid of bees, and he was allergic to bees. The father immediately reached out and grabbed the bee, and then he let the bee go, And the son got all nervous again and said, Dad, why did you do that? He says, look, son. He says, I've taken the sting. 
and that beat can no longer harm you. Jesus did the exact same thing for us. He took the sting out of death. Do you know, I was looking at the top 10 things of 2013 that people in North America are afraid of, and do you know that death is number six? That tells me that there's people in this room who are afraid of death. I'm here to tell you this morning that you don't have to be afraid. For the word says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That Jesus loves you so much, and you can have that assurance in your heart that you will be with him for an eternity. This world, this time that we're here, is likened unto a, 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 a lady in childbirth getting ready. And, and to be able to do it, it's that nine months, and then there's a whole life ahead of that baby. My friends, eternity is for a long time where we get to walk in that place and totally lavished upon Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 says, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Why was the tomb empty? Because Jesus is alive. The angel said he's risen, and the promise to us is that we can live and, 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 and walk with him forever. That is the second hope of Easter. But you know what? It doesn't end there. There's one more promise I want you to know about. It's the promise of the empty burial clothing. Back to our story. After an angel had spoken to the women, they immediately went back to the apostles and reported what had happened. With this incredible news, Peter and John immediately raced back to the tomb to see for themselves. When they got there, John stopped outside the tomb, but Peter ran right in. It didn't take them long to discover that the tomb was just the way that the woman had said, empty. But that's not all. Inside, Peter found clothes that Jesus had been buried in. They too were empty. This could, not mean, this could only mean one thing, that Jesus was alive. Jesus was resurrected. It wouldn't be long before Jesus himself would appear to Mag Mary Magdalene, to the apostles, and to eventually over 500 people. My friends, Jesus isn't some nebulous force out there in the universe just influencing people. He's a living Savior, and he desires to have a personal relationship with each one of us, just as he did with his disciples over 200 years ago. Think about it. The cross couldn't hold him. The tomb couldn't contain him. Burial clothes were unnecessary because Jesus is alive. He has, he has skin and bones in the day of his resurrection, as he does still today, and most importantly, he wants to do it with you. I want to ask you a very important question this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ? I don't mean do you know about him, but do you really know him? Ernie, would you come? Those empty grave clothes are a promise that Jesus conquered death and gave us desires to have relationship with him. Jesus is crazy about you, and he's wanting to walk with us daily. This morning we've heard about three promises that God has made to us the promise of forgiven sins, the promise of eternal life, and the promise of a personal relationship. My question this morning is, will you take him at his word? Will you believe the promise that God has for you? If so, listen to this final promise. It's in Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is Easter Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's a happy day.
I don't know what your relationship is with Christ. I don't know if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, but I just ask for everyone in this place right now, if you wouldn't mind taking a few moments and bow your head and close your eyes. See, the enemy would like us to believe just like Peter said, it's going to take me a lifetime to make this up to you, Jesus. Because I really, really blew it. The enemy would like us to believe that that's how we have to do it. You know what, maybe if I just give enough money, maybe if I just help enough people, maybe if I'm just good enough, then Jesus will accept me. And my friends, here's the lie in that. It took us X amount of years to be able to walk uh, away from the Lord or get into the trouble that we got into. How in the world are we going to be able to clean ourselves up? We can't. We need the promise of a Savior. We need to be able to walk in that place where we're like, God, I am so far away from you, Lord. And Lord, I don't know where I will be if I was to go today. But God, I know that you want to walk in relationship with me. I know, Jesus, that you love me. And I know that that, that act that you did on the cross, you didn't have to do it. You could have called a legion of angels down and said, I'm sorry, I just can't go through this. But Jesus, that's not what you did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever will believe will not perish, but have everlasting life. God, I need everlasting life, God. God, I want to walk with you forever. I'm tired of living for myself. And God, this morning, I want to yield my spirit to you. This morning, God, I want to say, God, will you take me, the mess that I'm in, and Lord, would you lavish upon me and Lord, would you forgive me for the sins that I've been carrying? That's you this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to give, be able to give you an opportunity to be able to honor the Lord this morning. And if that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand and say, Jesus, I know I'm not right with you. But Lord, today, today is my day. And today, I want to ask you into my heart. Today, Lord, I want to mark that on my calendar. Today is the day that salvation came to my temple. Man, there's hands all over this place. Father, if there's anyone else here this morning, this is what it's about. This is the big picture. This is the, this is the ticket, what we live for. Lord, I want to live for you, God. God, I want to, to yield my heart to you, God, because, Lord, I know that I'm not living right. Praise you, God. So, Father, you've seen every hand that has been raised in this place. You know every single heart in this place, Lord. And I just pray right now, Father God, that everyone who raised their hand, they would just open up their hearts and say, Jesus, come in, because, God, I'm tired of living for myself. Lord, I need you to be Lord, Savior, and my master. Lord, I want to make a difference, God. I want to have that blessed assurance on Easter Sunday, God, that you died for me, God. Lord, I bless you this morning. I bless you for the work that you're doing.
And I just ask everybody with their eyes closed still to repeat after me this morning. Jesus, I thank you for the work you did on the cross. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. I believe, Lord, that the tomb was empty. I believe, Lord, that you raised on the third day. I believe, God, that you conquered death and the grave. And that gives me access to the heavenlies. So this, this morning, Lord, I commit my heart. Take it, Jesus. It's yours. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.